In Luke 12, let's look at this text. This is our master text for this series that we've been on concerning the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. In Luke 12, verse 29, Seek not ye what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. The margin of my Bible says, don't live in careful suspense. What does that mean? You could say fearful suspense, full of care about what? Well, what's going to happen next? Hmm? What's going to happen? He said, don't live like that. What's going to happen next? Well, we're going to do our job in the kingdom. Jesus is going to come. We're getting out of here. That's what's going to happen next. Right? Don't live in careful suspense. He said, for all these things the nations of the world seek after. But your Father knows that you have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added to you. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Is he a giver? He is the giver. And we are giver children of a giver God. And he has said it gives him pleasure to give to us. Does it give you pleasure to give? Man, if you hadn't gotten into it, you want to as soon as today. Right? (laughs) Become a giver. Become a sower. Become a blesser. And you'll find you'll become addicted to it. Right? The scripture talks about uh, some of the saints at Corinth. It said they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. To ministering to the saints. Addicted to it. And so what would that mean if you have an addiction? Well, you need your fix. Right? You don't go too long and you start going, man, I got to give. I got to give quick. Well, you know, you don't just do something off the top of your head. You can waste your seed like that. But at the same time, that's good, right? To have this in your heart that you feel the need to sow, to give. And so he said that uh, us not to seek what the Gentiles and people of the world seek. He said, but the kingdom of God. Can you see two different kinds of life here? Can you? One is what most of the world is doing, and sadly, the majority of Christians. Seeking a living. Most of the time, most of the thought, you know, people, sometimes foolish folks, have wanted to take issue with people like me for saying something about prosperity or saying something about money. Well, you shouldn't talk about money in church. You know, just stick to the Bible. (laughs) Well, you can tell they ain't been in the Bible, right? 
They wouldn't say a dumb thing like But people say stuff like, well, just stick to the Bible, preacher. Well, you ought to get in the Bible, brother. And, uh, but in talking about that, you know, we don't talk about money because that's not important, you know. Well, then why do they spend most of their waking days and the prime of their life and youth trying to make some? It's a big deal. I said it's a big deal. And what you do with your money shows your heart. Shows your pri- You want to know what your priorities are? Easy. Get out your bank book. Right? Go down through there. See what you're spending all your money on. I said, well, I don't agree with that. Well, you don't agree with Jesus because he says wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Right? Wherever your heart is, you're going to put your treasure that way. So it's just a fact. But it's not about money. It's about heart. And it's not you can do the wrong thing with money. You can even giving money. You can miss it giving. Just doing something. The Bible talked about if you gave all your goods to the poor and gave your body to be burned and you did it without the love of God, what did it profit you? Nothing. So you could give absolutely every penny you've got and your own body and it'd be for nothing. Well, somebody said, well, it'd have to be the love of God, wouldn't it, if you were giving it all away? Obviously not. People give for all kind of reasons. People give to try to ingratiate themselves with God. They try to give as penance to try to pay for their sins. Did you hear me? None of which works. The price for our sins has already been paid in full. And it's an insult to act like that the price has not been enough and we have to add our little stuff to it. (laughs) Said out loud, the blood was enough. Nothing else required. Right? To cleanse you and I from our sins. But we still get to sow. Now, we've talked about the kingdom of God from a number of uh, angles, number of, not angles necessarily the best way to say it, but vantage points or viewpoints. Like one minister said, you know, you climb one side of the mountain, you get one view. You climb the other side of the mountain, you get another view, but it's the same mountain. And these great truths are like that. You see different sides of them. But go with me, if you would, to Matthew 24 this morning. Matthew 24. Matthew 24 and verse 13. He said, He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I use that verse a lot. You get in the middle of something and it ain't going too quick. That's what I say. He that endures to the end shall be saved. See, the word saved is a big word. It includes a lot of things, right? Protected, delivered, healed, prospered. And um, he went on to say, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world For a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. 
this gospel of the kingdom. Gospel of what? See, there hadn't been enough emphasis on the kingdom. People talk about the gospel as though it's a separate thing from the kingdom. But the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. Listen to another translation. The English version says, this good news about the kingdom. Say that out loud. Good news about the kingdom. Now, certainly, the center part of the good news about the kingdom is that Jesus has come. Right? And he's paid the price. But that's not the whole message about the kingdom. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Right? He's king of kings. And lord of lords. And his kingdom has been established in us and is growing and developing and spreading. Right? Rapidly. And his kingdom is going to fill the whole earth. And his kingdom shall never end. And in the kingdom, do we have rights and privileges? Do we have benefits in the kingdom? Well, see, the benefit of being made righteous, the benefit of authority in the name of Jesus, the benefit of being filled with the Spirit, the benefit of being healed in your body, the benefit of being prosperous. Has that been preached to all the world? It has not. In fact, what some people call the gospel has been a message of condemnation. You sorry rascals, you sinners, you're dying and going to hell. Well, that's not good news. That's bad news. Right? He didn't say when the bad news that you're all going to hell is preached to every nation. But what? Not just good news, not just gospel. What did he say? The good news about the kingdom. Well, we're not going to be, you know, fired up to proclaim the good news about the kingdom throughout all the world if we're not excited about it ourselves. And the kingdom of God hasn't even been real to folks. And so many people have just had a fly under the radar attitude. About life in general. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, I'll, you know, I don't want to get involved. You know. And you got all kind of Christians don't even vote. I'm say, what's wrong with that? Everything. Everything. That's one of the ways you are a witness. Actually, some of the church stood up and was a witness in this last presidential election. Some. I doubt two-thirds. You understand what I'm saying? The figures I've heard some recently, and they're just pitiful. One senator was telling another individual, he's talking about you know the church was going to support. He said, you can't count on the church. He was a Christian himself, stood up for what's right. He said, but you can't count on the church. He told how many of the church gave into his campaign or helped him. When he's standing up for righteousness, he's standing up for what's right. But he said, you can't count on the church. 
Well, can the Lord count on the church? He needs to be able to. We are his representatives in the earth. And that's one way you are a witness. By finding somebody that you believe is going to stand up and stand up for what's right and stand against what's wrong and stand up for God in the church. And then all of us should stand up and go, yeah, this is what we want and this is what's right. You know, you got a few people that have the ear of the media and their whole mentality is the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The louder you are, the more people are going to notice you. And that's not our way. doesn't have to be. But we should, at the right times and situations, all show up in mass. And act in mass. And vote in mass. And just our sheer numbers just squelches everything else. There are many more of us than there are of them in many regions of this country. And that's just in the natural. In the spirit, there are far more that be with us than be with them. Right? Said out loud, I'm a witness. I'm a kingdom witness. So what is our big emphasis and priority in our very short life on this earth? Seeking first the kingdom of God, enlarging, increasing, advancing, putting forth the kingdom. Now what's the first thing we're to do in advancing the kingdom? This gospel of the kingdom. That's our number one priority. Are you with me now? Uh, there are so many times churches get crosswise and get distracted and off course with things. We should give to people. It's good to feed people. It's good to help people financially. But that's not number one. Are you with me? It's great to do good projects in the community and natural things and helps, but that's not our priority. That's not the main thing Jesus did. He did some of this, but it was not the main thing. And we're to do these things. It's part of our witness. But the first thing and the foremost thing and the main thing is to get the good news about the kingdom of God to every nation and tribe on the planet. Because when that's done, it's done. The whole thing is done. Then the end comes. We're out of here. Right? Cease from our labors. Oh, glory to God. We got to get a little bit more excited about this. That's all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Look with me. You're in Matthew. Back up to the fourth chapter of Matthew. Matthew 4 and verse 23. Jesus is our example. Is he the finest example of advancing the kingdom of God? Absolutely. So we pattern after him. And he is the king of the kingdom. Matthew 4 
23. Jesus went about all Galilee. And you'll see he did this again and again. This is mentioned more than one time. What did he do when he went out? Hmm? Teaching in their synagogues and preaching social reform. Huh? Political change. Huh? Economic reform. What did he go proclaiming? Uh, preaching is proclaiming it. Just proclaiming the truth of it. And teaching is explaining it. And expounding it. He did both. And we need some of both. Right? Some of both. So he proclaimed it. And he expounded and explained it. What? The gospel of the kingdom. Now that's what Jesus said had to be preached to all nations. And in the end comes the good news about the kingdom. Now help me a little bit. What is the good news about the kingdom? Jesus came. Right? He bore our sins. He bore our sicknesses. The chastisement of our peace. He was made poor so we could be made rich. Right? And he's been raised from the dead. And he sent the Holy Ghost. Right? What do we have when the Bible says it gives the Father good pleasure to give you the kingdom? What do you get? When you get the kingdom. You get everything. Everything. Everything good. Everything. And so... Even sometimes when people have proclaimed you can be saved and don't have to go to hell, it's been such a narrow, such a small part of the good news concerning, it's not just the good news about missing hell, it's the good news about what? The whole kingdom of God. And that this is just the beginning. He's training us. He's teaching us. He's molding us and shaping us for what? To rule and reign with Him forever in the kingdom. We saw it. We're going to be rulers over cities. Not imaginary cities. Cities more real than Chicago and New York and L.A. And that lasts forever. You. Most folk don't believe that at all. It's in the book. Right? And that's good news. Isn't that good news? We have a future. We have a real future. Glory to God. That's good news. That's good news. So you've got people standing out here, you know, educated people going, what's it all about? What is man? And what is life? And they theorize and write their poems. And because people think it sounds eloquent because it was spoken well, then we're supposed to teach it to our kids. Know what the whole world needs to know is not thus quoth the raven. (laughs) But the good news about the kingdom Of God. The good news. About the kingdom of God. 
And you and I are to believe God for every resource. Like Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria say, preach this gospel from the top of the world to the bottom of the world and all the way around it. Is that not our commission? Is that our job? That's number one. Number one. Get this good news about the kingdom all over the world. Now keep reading. So that's what he did and that's mentioned first. Number one, teaching and preaching the good news of the kingdom and and what? And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Is that part of our ministry? Yes. And what you're going to see, we're going to go with this further. You'll see this is confirmation of the message. We proclaim God's a good God. God's a healer. God's a deliverer. God's a provider. He's a protector. Well, then if it's true, what should we see? We should see some healing. Right? We should see some deliverance. We should see some protection and provision. And this is proof that he exists. That he's real. Not just talk only. Not just word, but in power. And in demonstration of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now skip over to the ninth chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. This is another time, but sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Teaching in their synagogues. What else? Preaching the gospel, the good news of, about the kingdom of God and, and healing. Every sickness and every disease among the people, does that go with the message? If the message is true, if God is real and alive and powerful, then we ought to see the message manifested. We preach on healing and then we we see healing. We preach and proclaim about prosperity and we see it. Thanks be unto God. And honest people that are onlooking that are not yet believers should be able to see. As time goes by, the healing, the deliverance, the prosperity, the peace, the joy. They see the goodness of God. And that's what leads the multitudes to repentance. Can you say amen? They look at you and they look at me and after a while they just have to go, it's got to be true. It's got to be. Because I know them. They ain't smart enough to make all that money. I know them. They used to be so sick and they used to be so defeated and the biggest whiny baby you ever saw. But look at them now. They're strong. They're free. They're healed. They're whole. They're rich. It's got to be true. There's got to be something to this. And they're going to want a good God like that. They're going to want to be a part of the kingdom. 
and get in the kingdom. Can you say amen? So you and I are kingdom witnesses. Are you with me now? Witnesses to the reality of God and the kingdom of God and the goodness of God. Not just when we open our mouth and are talking, but people just ought to be able to look at us anywhere, anytime. And the more you find out about us, the reality of God and the goodness of God becomes evident. To anybody that's going to be honest about it, they just have to see. How many could raise your hand and say, God has brought me from somewhere, from where I used to be. Not as far as we're going to go, but from where I used to be to here is proof. A lot of guys married here. The fact that you're still married is proof positive that God is real. A lot of folk in this room watching by TV and internet, the fact that you're alive physically. Right? It's proof. You should have been dead a long time ago. But God has healed you. Right? Thanks be unto God. Now, uh, keep reading. He said in... uh, This flows right into chapter 10. Chapter 10 verse 1. He called to him his 12 disciples. And he gave them power or authority. Over unclean spirits. To have long conversations with them. No. (laughs) There's two basic phrases you need to know. About dealing with wrong spirits. Shut up. Come out. Anytime you have any kind of demonic manifestation, that's what you do. Shut up. Let's practice it one time. Shut up. Come out. Right? No screaming a half a night and day and wrestling and asking 30 questions and, you know, who were you in back long ago and how many people you've been in and And this and that. They are known liars. (laughs) Let's go over one more time. Shut up. Come out. That's how Jesus did it. Now, he names the disciples. And he sent them out. And verse 7. This is what he told them to do. Has this changed or is this still true concerning us? Are we his ministers? Verse 7. As you go. Preach. Now a lot of times that has such a religious idea with people. Proclaim. You can proclaim what you believe to be true. Can't you? Not everybody's called to stand up behind a pulpit. But everybody's called to proclaim this. And be a bold, unashamed witness. Proclaim what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that was their message. Ours has been modified. Kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? It's close. It's near. Sometimes he said nigh. Which means near. But he had not gone to the cross yet. Right? He had not conquered death, paid the price for sin, and 
raised from the dead and been set down at the right hand of majesty on high as king of kings and lord of lords. So our message is not the kingdom is close. Our message is the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. It's here. And will soon be shown outwardly. Soon and very soon. He's coming and all the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of the Lord. But the kingdom's here. Now. Right? See, you know, he said, don't say, you know, the kingdom of God is here or the kingdom of God is there. He said it doesn't come with outward observation. He said the kingdom of God is inside you. Is in you. So both of these things are true. Say it out loud. I am in the kingdom. The kingdom is in me. The is in me. Amen. Amen. And what's happening is he gave the illustrations of the mustard seed and he gave the illustrations of the leaven or yeast. He said that's what the kingdom of God is like. He said it starts really small, but it just grows and 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 grows and, grows and becomes a tree and the branches and the leaven just works. The yeast just works, works, works through the whole batch of dough. That's what's happening right now. The kingdom of God is spreading. The kingdom of God is spreading throughout the whole earth, through every tribe, through every kingdom. We're winning. Now the devil tries to control every voice he can to try to convince us he's winning. It's a lie. We're winning. I'm telling you there are moves of God all over the planet. There are mighty churches all over the planet. Bigger, the numbers of churches are just unprecedented in known history. I mean, in times past, you never heard of a 300,000 member church. You never heard of a million member church. But there are many 50,000 member churches and 10, a lot of 10,000 member churches, just unprecedented. And you didn't used to hear, I mean, preachers and ministers and Christians, they were back in a corner somewhere. They weren't really involved in the main things. But now you and I, you know, we can have our own property. We can get, you know, uh, ministries have huge chunks of TV time. Their own networks and satellites. See, previously that was not heard of. Preachers with airplanes. Just, no. What am I saying? We're winning. We're winning. Oh, that's not strong enough. Are you with me? We're winning. We're winning. When I say we, God. The kingdom of God is advancing. I mean advancing. We're taking big territory. and Now see, the devil don't want you to believe that. And he's even got some preachers, bless their hearts, they get up in the pulpits and talk about, well, the devil's just taking over. The devil just taking our youth to hell, and the devil's taking our families, and he's taking all our marriages, and and the devil's just taking them. No, he's not. They're not even looking at numbers. They're not even trying to even see what's going on. The devil is losing. He's losing, and we know he has to lose. He has. We've already seen it. We know how this thing ends. 
The kingdom of God is prevailing. Is that right? He said on this rock, this revelation of Jesus, the Christ, the anointed, the Son of God, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so they are not. And they will not. We're winning. I'm not talking about a little battle or two. I'm talking about the whole thing. The whole We're winning the whole deal. Soon and very soon, there will be no other kingdoms or governments that exist. There will be no republic of this, or no united this, or no uh, union of this. It's just going to be kingdom of God. And who's going to be the prime citizens of the kingdom of God and the leaders of the kingdom? It's me and you. (laughs) And see, part of what qualified us is that we believed in him here and now when other people didn't. We served him when we didn't have to. Nobody made us. But because we believed he's coming. The kingdom is manifesting. Right? And we serve him now. It'll come to pass that every knee will bow. Whether they thought they wanted to or not. And every tongue will confess. Includes all atheists. And agnostics. And believers in other gods and other religions. All of them. But wise people bow now. Wise people confess now. Remember the Lord said, you know, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But he said, but if you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and the angels. You are going to want to hear that. In that day when people are, you know, running and shaking and moving and God speaks up and says, they are mine. Called you by name. Hmm? Glory to God. <laughs> they believed in me. Calls your name. It says they served me. They obeyed me. They are mine. And then looks at you and calls your name and says, You've been faithful in a few things. Come now. Be ruler over much in my kingdom. Enter into the joy. Of the Lord. (laughs) And that's not far off. That's just right around the corner. Glory, 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 glory. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Matthew 10, verse 7, what do you do? You go proclaim. You say the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. And what else do you do, verse 8? Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. 
Freely you've received. Freely get. See, this all goes hand in hand with the good news about the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, you have rights. In the kingdom, you have privileges. Right to be healed, right to be free, right to prosper. And so immediately, as you're proclaiming the good news about the kingdom, people are hearing it and believing it. Then, let me say it again like this. What is a kingdom? It is the dominion over which the king reigns. Right? Well, should the king's will be done in his kingdom? That's another definition of kingdom. The kingdom is where the king's will is done. Well, when you see people getting in the kingdom, immediately what are you going to start seeing? His will being manifest, which is what? Healing, deliverance, getting free, getting blessed, right? You immediately see that. That is evidence and manifestation that the king's will is being done in these people. Thank you, Lord. Witnesses. I know uh, uh, talking with Brother Kenneth Copeland at the Milwaukee meeting. We were there, you know, every how many weeks or so it goes. And we, we got out and uh, sat down and talked together about the meeting there before it started. Just believing God for it and praying about it. And uh, one thing that the Lord had ministered to me, you know, they just uh, recently signed the papers on their citation tent. Brand new. The fastest, most technologically advanced aircraft a civilian can own. I mean, at the top. It's the very fastest thing. I mean, in order to fly something faster, you have to have an Air Force uniform on. And this is a preacher. Right? And paid for cash. Paid for. Paid for. Glory to God. And the Lord had given him a verse in Ecclesiastes concerning it that a a bird of the air would carry the voice. And that which has wings would tell the matter. And so they had been thinking about that. I had thought about it before I got there. And the Lord ministered something to me that I shared with him. That there were two parts to that. I was thinking one. Well, a bird of the air will carry the voice. Well, the voice, their voices, it's carrying to different places, right? But the second part is not exactly the same. A bird of the air will carry the voice. And then that which has wings will tell the matter. Well, they don't have wings. What has wings? The plane. And the Lord said to me, everywhere that plane pulls in and stops, the plane is saying, God is a good God. (laughs) Do you see that? God is a rich, He's a God of prosperity. He's a God of plenty. Right? The plane is preaching. Now think about it, it is a creation of God. 
Nobody can make something like that without the wisdom of God and understanding of God. But think about the scripture says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Right? They show his handiwork. And their voice is heard throughout the whole earth from end to end. You look, have you done it? Look up into the night sky. Is that saying something? What's it saying? God is big. God is wonderful. He's beautiful. He's glorious. His creation is proclaiming. It's a witness. I said it's a witness to Him, the Creator. But can you see this? Healing in your life is a witness to the healer, the Creator. The prosperity of God is a witness. You know, it's on all levels and it's according to where your faith is. Even no further than we've come in the last two or three years is a witness. Right? It's a witness. Us having this place to start a church in and having it paid for now. It's a witness to God's goodness as to what kind of God He is. Because a lot of people have been told, oh, they believe in God, but they don't believe He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. They don't believe that He'll do all these kind of good things for you. They believe you just never know. Right? Because that's what they've been taught. Are you getting a hold of this now? This is not just for Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria. This is for you. It's for me. It's for all of us, right? What do you mean? Stuff. Houses. Lands. Stuff. Can declare the goodness of God in your life. Thank you, Lord. How many believe we can step up to a higher place? As a church, our facilities, our operations. How many are believing with me and Phyllis and all the staff and other family that have already seen it and the team leaders and teams that like the Queen of Sheba came in and saw how Solomon's stuff operated. How his tables were set. How his doorman and his footman and his ushers operated and moved in and out. And she saw the whole thing and it said it took her breath away. Why? She wasn't just impressed with him. Who gave him all this? Who did it? It's God. It's God. Are we believing together on this now? We're, com- we're thankful for what God's done for us. But we're coming up. We want every bolt and every piece of wood and every blade of grass to glorify God. Glorify God. Until our whole life and everything about the church and the ministry and family is a witness. Witness to the goodness of God. The glory of God. The power of God. That people can look at us and our stuff and they go... God's a healer. He'll heal you. God's a provider. He'll make you rich. God's a protector. He'll take care of you. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. 
Second Corinthians 5, and I think I'm closing. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Second Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in the anointed one, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Don't even talk about it. I said, don't even talk about it. All the junk you used to do, don't even talk about it. Are y'all with me now? Why? It's passed away. Right? And behold, all things are become new. New, new. And all things are of God who's reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Who has this ministry? Everybody, the entire body of Christ. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. This word is a good word. This is the good news. Notice that God is not holding against people their sins. Right? That he was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. And God's not, you know, it's a bad word. It's a wrong word. It's bad news to preach. God's mad at you. He's watching. He's going to get you. You sorry rascal. You sinner. You're going to hell. No. All there is no sin problem. There is no sin problem. All the sins of all mankind that anybody has ever committed, are committing, or will ever commit, have already been all laid on Jesus. And he paid for them. There is no sin problem. It's just a faith issue. Right? Will you believe him? Will you receive what he's done for you? And so... There's the good news to proclaim, hey, God's not mad at you. Right? He's not against you. Yeah, but I do drugs. Yeah, but I sleep around. Yeah, but I've stolen money. Yeah, but I've lied. Yeah, but I've done so many bad things. Look at him and say, God's not mad at you. I had a fellow one time was helping me. I had hired him to do some things for me. And he was a professional, but he didn't, I don't know that he claimed to be a believer. And he, uh, I could tell that he was around me. And the more he was around me, he liked what he was seeing, but he just didn't feel like he fit. Because he's not used to being in church. He's used to, you know, partying and sinning. How many of there's good party and bad party? Bad party, I'm talking about. And finally, one day I looked at him. We're in an elevator. We're doing a meeting and doing some things, and he was helping me, assisting me. We're in an elevator. I looked at him. I said, uh, I said, you know, there's nobody in hell for doing drugs. I said, did you know there's nobody in hell for adultery and fornication? He looked at me like, huh? I said, there's nobody in hell for lying, stealing. I said, is people are in hell for not accepting Jesus. None of those sins would have put them there if they'd have believed in him. Because he's already paid for all of them. Right? Murder. He's already, there's nobody in hell just for murder. It wasn't their murder that sent them there. It was their refusal to accept him and believe on him. Right? 
And we got to get the good news out about the kingdom. God's not mad at you. He's not against you. I don't care what you've been, what you've done. Question is, will you accept him? Will you accept what he's done for you? Will you believe? Will you receive? Then you can be, and really already are, reconciled to him in Jesus. Oh, that's a good news report. That's good news. The next verse, what does it say? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Who is? You is. Right? Who's an ambassador? What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a high-ranking official who is authorized to represent one kingdom to another. Do you remember? We're in this world, but not of this world. A fellow was preaching a while back and said he was in a place that was one of the most out of the country, in a place considered third world, if I don't really like that term, that's what he called it, but poverty, terrible. He said, man, just garbage and filth and lack. And yeah, he said some of the most awful he'd ever seen. And the streets were just a sewer and nothing. And he came to this place and he looked and there's this fence. And the more he got to looking, it went all the way around this huge place. And there's this beautiful green grass. And there's this huge mansion. And he thought, I mean, over here is filth and poverty. And he said, who lives there? They said, the ambassador to the U.S.? The ambassador. Somebody said, well, they ought to do something for the poor people. They were. I said, they were. Oh, can you get this now? But just because you have more than somebody else does not mean you have to live in the poverty. You're not their source. See, this is one of the things we're getting into right now with some of the people squabbling about the government's response. The problem is people shouldn't have been thinking the government was their source to begin with. Thank God for what the government can do. Thank God for this U.S. of A. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. But this government's not our source. And the government doesn't need to try to act like they are the source and can take care of everything. They can't. They just can't. Oh, but think about it. He said, man, beautiful green grass, manicured lawn, mansion, big white mansion on the hill. Why? Now think about it. People down here in filth, but up there in the big house, They're eating fine food. Why? Because their resources don't come from the country they're in. It's coming from the U.S. 
Their money. Their stuff. That's why they're in it. <laughs> but they're not living like everybody else. Oh, can you see this? That's what prosperity is all about in the kingdom of God. And that should be a witness. If people see that, they should think, well, I want to be a part of whatever y'all are part of. <laughs> right? I want to be a citizen of that kingdom. Because this kingdom's broke. <laughs> this kingdom's sick and poor and going nowhere. I want to be one of, part of y'all. Well, that's how it's supposed to be about the kingdom of God. Everybody right and left is supposed to be looking going, hey, it's sick and broke and sad and lost out here. And they look up on the hill and we're having a big time. And they go, hey, I want to be a part of your kingdom. We say, you can be. You can be. In fact, that's who we are. Ambassadors. To this lost, curse-filled, dying world, we are ambassadors. We're from another kingdom. But we're ambassadors, representatives to you. And we say in Christ's stead. If he was here in person, he'd tell you himself. But he sent us. And we're saying, be reconciled to God. For he's made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Stand up on your feet. Begin to lift your hands and thank God that you are an ambassador. Thank you, Lord, for letting us represent you. Thank you, Lord, for making us kingdom witnesses. Oh, praise you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Close your eyes and pray this with me. Father God, work in me. Give me a desire, a hunger, a revelation. Until your kingdom consumes me, fills me, my thoughts, my words, my life. I purpose to use this short life to seek first your kingdom, to do all I can. All you would enable me to do, to see that the good news about your kingdom is proclaimed through the whole earth. Get glory to yourself. In me, make me a witness. 
in power, in demonstration of your healing, your prosperity, your goodness, that others may be drawn to you by my life. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.